This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Today on the podcast, we're talking about gear, the gear that I use for playing jazz, for practicing jazz, and for teaching jazz. I'm going to be covering things like the cameras I use, the microphones I use, the software I use, my live gig setup, my just recording myself at home setup. Everything is going to be on the table today. Excited to share these with you. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards, where we help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve no matter what instrument you play. Excited to be here on the show again. Now, today's episode is a little bit different than something we would do normally. So if this is your first time listening, just be aware of that. We're talking about gear. Gear is something I've hardly ever talked about on this podcast. And part of that is because, you know, gear at the end of the day doesn't matter so much as far as becoming a better jazz musician. Really, it's the practice you put in, the skills that you develop, and uh, the creativity that you put in that will give you the results. All that to say, though, gear is still important, I think. I mean, gear is something that can help us play better in the sense of getting a desired sound that we want. Gear can help us practice. Gear can help us record ourselves, which is something that I highly recommend doing. And software and other tools can help us uh, improve our jazz playing a lot. So I do think it'll be a fun episode today just to talk about my entire setup that I use, all the tools that I use for teaching jazz, playing jazz, and practicing jazz. And if you find any of these particular tools interesting to you today as I describe them, I'm going to leave a link to all of these in the show notes today, which you can find at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 310. That's episode 310. So if you're interested in checking out any of these pieces of gear for yourself uh, and you know getting to know them a bit better, I'll leave a link for that in the show notes today. Before I talk about gear, of course, today's episode is sponsored by our very own LJS Inner Circle membership. LJS Inner Circle membership is where you get monthly jazz standard studies in our jazz standards club so that you can learn one new jazz standard a month, complete with an A2 to learn, complete with chords analysis, a training video, exercises to help you map out the important notes to play, and an amazing community of others to practice it along with. Of course, we have all sorts of practice programs that help give you step-by-step processes towards jazz improv freedom. We have instrument accelerator courses for guitar, piano, saxophone, trumpet, and bass, and we do live Q&A sessions every single week. It is an amazing community of musicians playing all sorts of instruments. We have over a 1,000 members in there, all learning together, all growing together, and it's really an inspirational and motivational place. So if you've always thought about joining the LGS Center Circle but just haven't quite taken the leap yet, 
now is there's never been a better time than now, especially as we're about to jump into the new year. So commit yourself today. Go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com. Sign up, become a member, and we'll be happy to have you on the inside. All right, let's jump right into all that gear that I use for playing, practicing, and teaching jazz. Okay, again, all the links to the gear that I'm talking about in the show today is at the show notes, learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 310. All right, the first category of gear is going to be just my live gig setup. Now, this is going to be very guitar centric because uh, I am a guitar player. So if you're not a guitar player, some of this might not be gear that you would purchase or maybe you would purchase it as well. So just keep that in mind uh, before we get to some of the other gear that I think is applicable to really any instrument. So let's start with the very first piece of gear that obviously I use at live gigs, which is my guitar. So my guitar is an Ibanez Artcore AF95. Now this guitar is a $600 guitar. I kid you not. It was the first jazz guitar I ever got, and it's the only quote unquote jazz guitar I ever got. It's a full hollow body guitar. And yeah, I bought it because I was like, hey, I am really playing a lot of jazz now uh, before I was playing like progressive rock. And I thought, hey, I should have a guitar that's a little bit more conducive to the kind of style I'm trying to play. So I bought this guitar. I swapped out the metal bridge for a wood bridge to get a little bit of a warmer tone. And that's all I've ever done with it. And this guitar has served me super well, especially for being such a super cheap guitar, honestly, when it comes to the world of guitars for such a long time. And, you know, in general, I've been very happy with it. And I'm totally not a gear nut. So I've never really been the guy that loves to buy new guitars, buy new um, amplifiers and all this stuff. And my wife has for years bugged me about this, just being like, hey, why don't you buy a new guitar? Like, I mean, usually it's the other way around, right? It's like, you know, me bugging my wife about, can I buy a new guitar? Totally the opposite thing. My wife's like, why don't you buy like a, a way better, like custom professional guitar than what you're using right now? And I've always just said, it works just fine. Like there's nothing wrong with it. And there's always been something else I'd rather spend my money on, right? So I've just never done it. So this guitar has served me well for, I mean, over a decade, but I actually have recently this year invested in purchasing a custom-made new guitar by a luthier. Uh, it's a, a quite expensive guitar and will be quite an upgrade from the guitar I have now. So my wife finally convinced me to invest in a new guitar. So that I believe will come to me in about eight months. So it's going to be a long production time. But honestly, I have to say though that this guitar has served me super well for the price, you actually get pretty good quality. I don't know what the guitars are like now. Again, I bought mine over a decade ago. So uh, I still think it's a good guitar, especially for the price. And uh, I'm pretty pleased with what I've been able to do and the mileage I've been able to get out of it. Now, of course, for guitar, you need a case, and I absolutely love my case. It's a back case, so like a backpack, and you put it on your back. This is important for me because, you know, I use 
Um, I, I obviously walk around cities to play gigs and stuff like that. So um, important for me to have a good case. And I cannot say enough about this company. This is mono. So the case is mono. And the, the, the quality of these cases is just really, really good for a soft case that you can carry on your back. So I highly recommend this one. I believe the exact one that I have is the mono classic dual semi hollow slash electric guitar case. Um, this fits a, a full hollow as well, but they have a bunch of different sizes. So again, I'll link all this to as well in the show notes so you can check it out. But mono is the case that I use. Now, my amplifier, I've used several different kinds over the years. For a long time, I used a Polytone Mini Brute, which, you know, was a decent amplifier. It was too big for me. I think it was the 15-inch speaker. Um, I still have that amplifier, but I don't really use it anymore. In more recent years, I started using an AER Compact 60. It's a 60-watt amp. Um, Wow. This is... Before deciding to buy this amp, I had obviously played it quite a bit, and I'd played some other kinds of amps, um, including I had used an acoustic image amplifier that was really good for some years, but this AER amp just completely blows it all away. It's a small amplifier, very carryable, is able to get incredibly loud, but maintain incredibly great acoustic sounds. Uh, This is actually a great amp for not just guitar. I mean, you could use this for really any instrument, get a really amazing sound, Uh, just a very clean sound, beautiful sound. I like the reverb that's on it. Um, There's really no need for me to have a reverb pedal or anything like that. It just really does the job super well. And I just can't say enough about how good it makes me sound and feel when I'm playing live gigs. So that's the AER Compact 60 for my amplifier. I suppose I should also mention the price of this amplifier. This amplifier is indeed a very high quality amplifier. So this is $1,200. However, again, this is a really quality instrument and I would say more than worth the price. Now, as far as guitar pedals go and effects go, I don't really use that many these days. However, there are a couple pedals that I do have handy in case I need them. So one is my delay pedal, which is the MX are carbon copy analog delay the carbon copy analog delay i think this is a really good delay pedal does the job for me enough um, flexibility in this delay to get it to do what i want it to do so i would definitely recommend this one Uh, it's not one that i would say is uncommon it's it's one that quite a few people have so i do think it's tried and true and tested Now, the other pedal that I will use when necessary is the Ibanez Tube Screamer. So this is if I want to get a little bit of gain, a little bit of uh, mild distortion, then this is a good one for me. So it's the Ibanez Tube Screamer. Specifically, I have the Ibanez Tube Screamer Mini, which is essentially just a later version of their Tube Screamer that they just made smaller so that it doesn't take up so much space. I wanted to get the Mini one because... When I'm traveling around, you know, around New York or wherever, trying to play a gig, I don't want to be carrying around a lot of stuff. So the smaller, the better for me. So that those are the two pedals that I use. I used to use um, a Holy Grail reverb pedal. But again, like I found that I don't really need a pedal to create great reverb for me, especially with my AER amplifier, which produces amazing reverb on its own. Now, a lot of people wonder about my strings. So the strings that I use is D'Addario, Nickel Wound, Jazz Medium Gauge. 
So nickel wound jazz medium gauge by Diodario. This starts with the high E string as a, th- a 13. So um, this is important for me because when playing jazz, I like that stability of the strings. So the thicker strings are better for me. I don't use flat wounds. I don't really like the feeling of them, nor do I love the sound for myself. I personally prefer uh, the round wound nickels. So that's what I use. Um, and I've been using those strings for forever than just the ones I've stuck with. As far as guitar picks, this is another one where guitar players will understand this probably the same, similar to how, um, maybe not as consequential as saxophone players with reeds, but you know, I've tried so many different picks. The ones that I've landed on and just only buy are the Dava jazz grips. They're called Dava jazz grips. I just like the way they feel. I like the sound that they produce. Now, the only pitfall of these picks is that they do first come a little bit more pointed than I prefer. So for me, the playing of them regularly before I do a performance so that they get worn down just to the point in which I attack the strings is the ideal uh, moment of using these picks. So they're not perfect for me right out of the bag, but you know, with a, just a little bit of playing, they get there, um, you know, fairly quickly. So those are the Dava jazz grips. I just kind of like the way the sound between the strings and the pick, uh, ends up working together. All right. So that's my live gig setup. That's really, it's not that complicated. It's very simple. And I've just kind of fallen into using, you know, high quality stuff that I've gotten used to. I don't like to mess around a lot with it. So let's move on to recording. So what do I use recording for? A couple different things. A, obviously for teaching and learn jazz standards and my inner circle membership. So this includes cameras, this includes audio interfaces, this includes microphones and all that good stuff and speakers and software. So I use all that for teaching. So I also use this, of course, for practicing. So if I'm recording myself, which is one thing, if you listen to this podcast a while, you hear I constantly preach that record yourself, record yourself, record yourself, record yourself. So all of this equipment can also be used to record yourself. Little disclaimer, though, none of this equipment is actually very cheap because I use this on a professional basis, this isn't a budget uh, setup here. This is definitely um, what I would say has become a more ideal setup for you know good recording quality and just giving me the ability to teach well online, which is what I do for a living. So keep all of that in mind as I go along. So let's start first with microphones. I have two microphones that I use. The first microphone that I use is the one that you're actually listening to right now which is my podcasting broadcast microphone. So this is a dynamic microphone, meaning that it really only picks up anything that is directly in front of it. So my mouth is very close up to this microphone. So this microphone isn't per se the best for a horn player or a saxophone player, someone who wants to record themselves this way. This is better if you want to actually be speaking into a microphone. So again, limited use for me. Again, this is super important for podcasting, which is a huge part of how I make my living. So very important for me to get a really great broadcasting sound. I cannot say enough good things about this microphone. However, it does not come at a cheap price. This is a $400 dynamic microphone. So you're getting the quality for the price here. However, when I made this investment, you know, 
years and years ago, I have never regretted it. It's just an absolute wonderful microphone that produces reliable results for me. And 100% would recommend this to anyone who wants to use it for recording video with their voice or podcasting or anything like that, if you find that that would be something useful for you. Again, not necessarily useful for maybe you as a listener, depends on what you want to use it for, but it's good for me and it's worth one mentioning. Now, the microphone that could be really good for horn players recording themselves and for a variety of other purposes is the other mic I use, which I recently purchased only several months ago, and that is the Sennheiser MKE 600. It's the Sennheiser MKE 600. Now, uh, this microphone, I bought it when I realized that I wanted to start up my YouTube channel again. Obviously, the Learn Jazz Standards YouTube channel has been going on for a long time, but believe it or not, there was an eight-month hiatus where I didn't publish new videos. And I won't go into the reasons why and all the details, but more recently, we started you know, publishing content on there again. And so that was my inspiration for purchasing this microphone. I wanted a microphone that was very high quality that didn't give too much room bleed that still picked up the sound in front of it was able to pick up my guitar nicely to get some of that acoustic sound but also capture my voice well and so this sennheiser mke 600 i've been incredibly incredibly impressed with it so this microphone is um, you know, it's not like a typical microphone that you just put in and plug into your camera. It's one that you do plug into an audio interface, similarly to the Heil PR40. So it is a high quality microphone. Um, it is professional grade. So you pay the price for that as well. So the price on this one is $350. But again, it's a great sound. And I would highly recommend this one for saxophone players who want to record themselves for you know even guitar players who don't want to plug directly into an audio interface um, it actually does pick up my guitar amplifier very nicely if you put it in front of it so this works really well for that and especially if you're using video which recording yourself on video is always good to see your technique and how you're actually doing things great option for those who want to get that really good professional sound from a microphone. Again, you'll need to have an audio interface for this microphone, same as the Heil PR40. So I'll talk about that now. So in case you're not sure what an audio interface is, an audio interface is essentially a tool that allows you to plug in a microphone or even plug in a guitar cable directly in to feed that sound in a professional way into a music editing software such as Pro Tools, or I'll talk to you about the one that I use as well. So uh, this is really how you can get that sound into your computer but get it into your computer in a way that's going to produce um, high quality results. So I've used a bunch. Uh, well, I haven't used a bunch. I've used a few audio interfaces uh, for a long time. I used an Mbox, which only had one channel. And there are definitely ones that you can look up online that are cheaper than the one that I have now. You know, some of them are good quality, others are not. I would just encourage you to look at the reviews. This one I'm very happy with. This is the Behringer Euphoria. UMC 404 HD. Again, if you can't remember that, I have the link in the show notes today. So you can check that out there. But it's the Euphoria, the Behringer Euphoria UMC 404 HD. 
Okay. Now this one goes for $169. So keep that in mind. It has four channels and that's one of the biggest reasons I ended up getting it. I needed more channels to work with. I wanted to be able to plug my guitar in direct. I wanted to be able to plug in my podcasting microphone at the same time, as well as my Sennheiser mic as well. And just to have that extra flexibility. So four channels is good enough for me. You want to think about that as far as, you know, what's your recording needs? Do you just need to plug in you know, one or two microphones? Um, do you need a direct in? Do you need, you know, what do you need in order to create that great sound? So for me, the way I use this is when you hear me recording my guitar on this podcast or on my YouTube channel, or if you're an inner circle member and you hear me using it there, I actually plug my AER amplifier directly in to my audio interface, my Behringer. So this gets me that sound from my amplifier going directly into my audio interface. So I'm getting that pure sound that my amplifier provides. Now, because you're not getting the room sounds from that amplifier. My Sennheiser, when I'm recording videos, whether it be for the quick win episode of this podcast or for my YouTube channel, that Sennheiser is actually picking up more of that room noise just naturally since that microphone is in front of my face. So between those two things, that gets me a pretty good guitar sound going into my editing software that I use. Um, so yeah, this is a great audio interface, a good option. There are cheaper ones. There are simpler ones. This is just the one that I've landed on after having tried another one before, and I'm very happy with the way it works. All right, so you have the mics, you have the audio interface, and then of course, all of that is going into an audio editing software or a DAW as it's called. Now, there are lots of free ones that you can get. So if you want to use this and record onto your computer, I mean, there's GarageBand for Mac, um, you have Audacity for uh PC and that's all free, right? So you can use those tools just as well. Um, obviously having a more professional DAW for recording and editing music is helpful and gives you more options. Now, the first one that I used for the very longest time was a version of Pro Tools. Now, if you don't know what Pro Tools is, Pro Tools is essentially the industry standard for recording editing and mastering music, okay? AKA Pro Tools is a very complicated piece of software. There is a ton involved in it and there's a ton of features and things that you can do. Now, what I found, as I mentioned to you before, I am really not a gear junkie. I'm not very good with gear. I actually hate trying to figure out how to use new software. It's just not, it's not my thing. Some people love doing that. I personally don't love doing that. So for years, I just found myself frustrated with using Pro Tools, not getting the results I wanted. And on top of that, it was absolutely killing my CPU on my computer. Um, and perhaps it was because I was using the program incorrectly, but that was all to my point that made me decide that this was no longer for me and I needed to use something that was more suitable to my needs. Now, this may not be suitable to your needs, but it's a good one to just mention anyways, because it's what I use. And I decided that I needed a DAW that was going to be very easy for me to podcast into, record, edit this show that you're listening to. So what I ended up settling on is a, a software called Hindenburg Journalist. I think they actually call it Hindenburg Pro now, but Hindenburg uh, Journalist is 
um, what I use. So the, the great thing about Hindenburg is it's kind of just made to be very simple. So what happens is you record your tracks into it just as normal using your audio interface and it will automatically level it for you. So you don't have to mess around with auto leveling it so that all of your tracks have a certain level. You don't have to worry so much about mixing if your mix is very simple. Obviously, if you wanna do more complex mixing and stuff like that, then you can obviously mess around with that as well. But this is just very basic, kind of auto levels things for you. I think if you're just using recording software for your practicing and listening back to your practicing, this is great because it's just very simple. The other thing I liked about it is that you can use what's called a, a voice profile prof profiler on there, which means that if I dial in a certain mix or EQ setting with my voice or with my guitar, I can actually have it memorize what that is so that anytime I speak into my microphone or play my guitar, it matches that same profile that I had uh, saved in it before. So in other words, it helps me get a more consistent quality um, out of the sound every single time that I use it. So if you would find that useful for you, I would recommend that. It does still have you know effects that you can use, um, equalizer, compressor, noise reduction, um, you can install some third-party plugins as well. Like one that I have on here is the IK Media Amplitude 4. It's just a way to use different amp cabinets um, that you could like try to mimic a Fender, you know, Deluxe or whatever. I don't actually use that anymore. Again, I'm really happy with the direct output from my amp into my audio interface, but it gives you that flexibility. So the main reason I like Hindenburg Journalist is A, because it really is conducive towards podcasting, which is mainly what I use it for, but also it's just super simple. And I just like super simple software that doesn't waste my time and doesn't require me to learn a lot about it. Now, Again, there are free ones out there. And if you're someone who is really serious about recording music and mixing it and all that stuff, then, you know, a tool like Pro Tools may be worthy for you to really dive into. You know, there's also um, Adobe has their product that's really popular. So, I mean, a lot of options out there. This is just the one that I personally use. Okay, so obviously you have music going into your audio interface, uh, your your microphone audio interface, and then into your music editing software, obviously you need to hear that back. For me, I think it's very important to hear good sound coming back at me, whether it be for the purpose of me analyzing my playing or for teaching or for podcasting or for YouTube or whatever. So I do, I have invested in good computer speakers that are very high quality. And the ones that I use are the Canto YU2. They're two-channel uh, powered gaming desktop speakers. I mean, they're gaming, but they're really just a fancy way of saying they're meant to be, um, you know, that's just a marketing thing. They're really good sounding speakers. Now, these aren't cheap again. These are $240. But again, like great sound for me is really important. I don't like hearing uh, a bad mix back at me. I mean, you could mix something up nicely or you could be playing something. And if you're getting a really bad sound out of your speakers, it's not a good representation of what's actually happening. So I think these are really great 
um, computer monitors, great speakers. So great investment for me. I actually only bought these a couple years ago. Uh, actually, no, only a year ago after replacing some old speakers that I had for years and years, which were also good, but these are even a level up. Admittedly, I don't have the subwoofer yet, but I will be getting the subwoofer. I keep saying I'm going to get it and then I never end up getting it. So um, I will get the subwoofer as well, but I right now just have the two uh, speakers that you do have to wire to Together, right? It's you know very high quality in that sense too. It's like you wire the speakers together, but um, absolutely, absolutely well worth the investment. So the Canto Y2 speakers. Okay, so let's move on to cameras. So cameras are obviously important to me because I film lots of courses for our Inner Circle members. I film YouTube videos. I film a video version of our Quick Win podcast here. I use video a lot in my business. So obviously video is important for me in that sense, but also I do always encourage folks to record their jazz playing with either audio or video and video being the advantage that you can also sort of see any technical habits you might be developing. Like for example, I used to have some pretty bad left-hand technique on my guitar that a teacher pointed out to me. And when I was able to actually look in a camera and see what I was doing, I could see how that left-hand technique was actually hindering my ability to navigate the fretboard. So, you know, recording video is a great way to go. Now, again, let's be honest, as far as just recording yourself for the sake of practicing jazz, as, uh, you know, it it really only is, you can use your smartphone. In fact, I usually recommend to our inner circle members, just use your smartphone. Like don't spend money on this if you don't need to. Um, but that being said, like there is something to having a good recording quality from your cameras. So I have two options. I mean, there's two cameras that I use regularly, um, but they are at different price points, obviously. So the first uh, camera that I use um, is a webcam actually, and that is my Logitech C920 HD Pro webcam. It's the Logitech C920 HD Pro webcam. Now, you might think this is a little bit expensive for a webcam. It is $60, but what I will say about this one is it is a really stellar webcam. As far as all the webcams that I've come across um, and researched um, and have used in the past, like this one is I think the best one. So first of all, uh, it has autofocus features on it. Uh, it does give pretty good quality for a webcam, you know, just a small little thing that plugs into your computer, but via USB. Um, it has a little stand that latches onto the top of your computer. So, I mean, exponentially better than the webcam built into your computer, right? Obviously, you can use that, your laptop, but, you know, this is much higher quality. You can also use the software to change the aperture, change the brightness, you know, change a lot of the things about it. It also comes with a software, a Logitech software, where you can actually record directly from that camera into it. So for example, I actually started using this camera last year for recording purposes outside of just um, meetings and other stuff. So I was using this to create our jazz guitar accelerator course for our inner circle members. And, you know, in the past, I just hadn't had a great way of, you know, having a, an angle, on, a camera angle on my guitar, um, on my YouTube channel that frustrated a lot of the guitar players. I ignored it for a long time because obviously Learn Jazz Standards is not just for guitar players, it's for all instruments. But I started using this webcam as that camera angle and I think it did 
it really worked well, I think, for that purpose of using it. So this is the camera that I use. If you watch my YouTube channel recently or the video version of this quick win of the quick win podcast episode, you'll see that I do have that guitar cam and I'm using this Logitech C920 um, for that angle. Okay, so my primary camera that I use is a DSLR, so it's a high-quality camera. It's not playing around, um, but it's also not the most expensive one either. It's really what I would call um, a budget uh, camera. So this is the Canon EOS Rebel T6i, Canon EOS Rebel T6i. And honestly, I don't even know what the lens is on it. I'm not really a camera guy. It just sort of came with the camera. So I actually couldn't find a link to this one anymore. I'm not sure if they don't produce it anymore. But the I linked up the Canon Rebel T7 because it's really kind of the same deal as it is. And so this is only um, a $500 camera. Okay, it's only a $500 camera. So this, again, that might be expensive for someone who doesn't need to have a camera like this where a smartphone would be just fine. But in the world of these kinds of these kinds of DSLR cameras, this is not a very expensive camera. It's it's a good middle of the road camera that gets the job done just fine. So again, I wouldn't say, wow, this is the best camera ever. Um, but I would say that as far as it getting the job done for what I need it to do, it works completely fine. So that's the the Canon EOS Rebel T7. Now, as far as video editing, I actually don't do my own video editing for the most part anymore. Um, however, when I do need to do very basic edits, I use a free program called DaVinci Resolve. Okay, it's just called DaVinci Resolve. There are plenty of other um, video editors that are very uh, easy and cheap or free even. Um, if you're not looking, if you're not someone that needs to use like Adobe Premiere, which again is I would say is like the equivalent to using Pro Tools for editing music, right? Um, then I would just suggest you something very simple if you need to do this at all, right? Again, it just depends on what purposes you're using video for. Again, for me, it's teaching, it's for my business. So, you know, using a camera really well and having good editing and all that stuff is important. But if you're just someone who's trying to record your jazz playing and listen back, you, you probably don't even need to edit it at all. And you can use just a super easy video setup uh, for that. So I use DaVinci Resolve, but you know there's lots of other ones that you can use. Now, as far as recording myself, there are a few other miscellaneous things that I use, such as microphone stands, and um, I do use some lights, but I don't think that lights are probably applicable to the very vast majority of those listening to this podcast as far as what you need to use them for. Um, and then as far as microphone stands, like there are just so many out there, I wouldn't say there's one that's more preferential uh, than the other. So I won't go over exactly what those are because I don't really feel like they're um, particularly critical to either you or just what they actually need to be. So let's move on though to the very last category of, of gear that I use, and that would be software for um, practicing and notating. Okay. So um, this isn't necessarily about recording, but more so for practicing. And I also use it obviously a lot for teaching. So the first piece of software that I use is band in a box. Okay. Band in a box. Now, I've talked about Band in a Box before. We used to sell it on Learn Jazz Standards. Now, we still do sell our library of Band in a Box files, so you can upload um, Jazz Standards into Band in a Box. But um, this is a program that I've used a lot 
for several different reasons. A, for backing tracks. If you've ever been to our YouTube channel and you've seen the ugly old original green logo of the videos we started posting in 2010 and 11, um, those playalongs were made with Band in a Box. And I still use this for teaching quite a bit. We use this in our Inner Circle membership for backing tracks and for other um, resources. And the reason I like uh, Band in a Box is not necessarily because I feel like the software's interface is up to date, because for some reason, they it really does seem like it's trapped um, back in the, you know, the 2010 or something like that. So I don't know why they don't update the interface very much. But as far as the actual realistic sounds you get, it's actually quite amazing. And obviously, it doesn't even compare to iReal Pro, which is really just this MIDI fake instrument sounds, because they use actual real samples of instruments of musicians playing to auto generate your backing tracks. So if you ever heard any of those backing tracks on our YouTube channel, then you know that these really do sound quite realistic. And if I'm going to use backing tracks either for teaching or for practicing for myself, I want them to sound as realistic as possible. Okay. So that's the biggest reason that I like band in a box, but then I like it as well because, you know, I could practice anything using it. I can put in any chord change I want into the software by just simply typing into the software. And I could practice looping just three bars of a chord progression. And again, I understand that you can do similar things in iReal Pro, but I think the sound quality of iReal Pro is so bad that it sort of defeats it all for me. So, you know, you can loop anything you want. You can save chord progressions. You can practice complex things. You can practice jazz standards at any speed that you want without sacrificing the um, quality of the sound of the instruments. So in general, I think Band in a Box is a really, really great tool for practicing. And I think there's just a lot of things that you can do with it that are cool. Now, I think Band in a Box is way too complicated. They have a billion things that you can do. And I honestly just very simply use it. I just have three real tracks that I use for piano, bass, and drums. And then I just type in chord progressions for jazz standards and I practice just that way or I use them for backing tracks this way. And, you know, it's cool, too, because you can eliminate the bass player if you want. You can eliminate the drums if you want. You can eliminate the piano. So I just think it's a great tool. I use it for teaching and I use it for uh, practicing. Okay, so the last piece of software that I use is for music notation. So I personally use Finale as my music notation of choice, okay? Finale. It is one of the major notation softwares, um, and it's existed for quite, quite a long time. Now, similarly to Band in a Box, sometimes I wonder why they like, you know, it's not like it's way out of date. They do update it every single year, but there are still some things there you wish it was a little bit more versatile. Okay. Now, the other big one is Sibelius. I don't use Sibelius because that's not the notation software that I learned. So I do believe that Sibelius is also great. So when it comes to Finale or Sibelius, those are the two main ones. I use Finale personally. And so does my music production manager, Brett Pontecorvo. He uses Finale to create all of our resources in the inner circle. Okay. Um, there are free ones uh, out there as well. There are other uh, options available, but this is just the one that I use. Okay, so that pretty much covers all of the main gear that I use for live gigs, for teaching, and for practicing. 
All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks for listening in. Again, all the links to all of my gear can be found at the show notes today, learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 310, if you want to check that out. Uh, and of course, today's episode is sponsored by our LJS Inner Circle membership. Uh, do check it out at ljsinnercircle.com. We'd love to have you as a member. It's especially a good time to join as we're about to jump into 2022, which offers a new opportunity uh, as a little chapter marker, if you will, for rededicating yourself to improving as a jazz musician. And you know, investing in your jazz playing uh, is a great idea if you're someone who wants to get out of the plateau, wants to get motivated by other others and wants to you know really get everything off to a good start so that you can start playing jazz with more freedom improvising with more freedom and accomplishing your musical goals so ljsinnercircle.com we're gonna be coming out with a great quick win podcast episode this friday so do subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done that yet and we'll look forward to seeing you back then cheers thanks for listening to the ljs podcast brought to you by learnjazzstandards.com Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.